Hello, my name is Joel McLeod. I'm Roland Tana. And welcome to the Thursday 905 Roundup with a, our very special guest, friend of the podcast, uh, municipal politician, guru, <laughs> sage, fortune teller, whatever have you, uh, Alan Can. Uh, welcome back to the 905er. Thanks for coming back, Alan. Thank you, Joel. I, I don't know if I deserve such lofty titles and you, you do You do now. You do now because I just said it. <laughs> you, you just said it. It's it's recorded in the, it's, it's stayed there. For the it's, it's, not, it's now on the internet forever. It's, you're not yeah, getting it back. It's so. out there. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not detracting this. There's no way. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. Uh, but yeah, so we, we invited Alan on uh, who runs a, uh, a very insightful blog on uh, our Substack called The Cantastic. Uh, that covers municipal politics, not just in the 905, but across this great country of ours from coast to coast to coast. I don't know. And he does that in his part-time, folks. I don't know what he, how he... Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I have the time to do this either. It just, <laughs> it somehow manifested itself. And just with correction, uh, the Cantastic is my pseudonym, which I write under. Ah. The newsletter is called Hashtag Muni Matters. I'm starting to get used to saying that. And well, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, that, it all it all works. But uh, we very much uh, uh, thanks for coming back to you. And we're going to do a, not ask to go around the country, but just around the 905. And uh, we thought this the, this episode would be fun because we're starting to see municipal races starting to heat up. We're starting to see some uh, some now that the provincial election is over and the that that mess is stopped. Uh, we're now starting to see some uh, some the municipal races starting to heat up, and people are now declaring their intentions and and starting to hit the uh, the hoostings. So, um, Alan, what, what what if you just kind of tell us me pick a few few spots in the nine five that kind of stick out for you that have caught your uh, caught your attention? Well, why don't I start from my hometown of Mississauga? Now, absolutely you, sure. You, you're probably under, wondering why am I talking about Mississauga? Bonnie Crombie, there's nobody really credible running uh, you know with all due respect running against her she's mm-hmm. seems to be at this point going to coast to a third term uh, as, uh, as mayor um but i think in mississauga what's uh, been noticeable is that there are actually a number of open wards um that are not being contested by an incumbent councillor anymore uh one ward is ward nine uh that is where a uh, longtime councillor pat sato after um, 30 years in uh in the job has decided to uh, retire. Um, some of the notable names uh, that are running for that Ward 9 is uh, current school trustee Noka De Krug, as well as former MPP Bob Delaney. Uh, he was a liberal MPP for yep, Mississauga yep. Streetsville. Uh, he lost his seat in 2018. So uh, it looks like he's trying to make a comeback municipally, which is also interesting because Mr. Delaney, four years ago, when the region of chair, regional uh, chair of Peel was an elected position. He was actually registered to run for that before Doug Ford came in and Fano snapped that election out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, uh, I, I, I had to uh, mention Ward 6 in Mississauga because, uh, you know, um, Ron Starr, who uh, we've all um, yep. d- documented very well, he's not registered to run yet officially, but he's currently embroiled, embroiled in uh, several legal issues he's finally after a, what appears to have been months of silence finally broken his silence uh with uh, through his uh, legal representation he's denying all the allegations against him that he allegedly keyed uh, former counselor karen raz's car he's saying that he um 
does not condone harassment of any kind, but he's denying these allegations. Right. And he's actually trying to seek an injunction from the um, city's integrity commissioner's report from being released because he says the report was unfair and impartial and it did not, they did not do a proper investigation. Um, the city for, you know, I'm surprised because they showed some, a bit of political courage. They're actually fighting Starr's legal, uh, legal injunction and they're fighting back against the, uh, well, one of their own counselors. Well, if you, but if you if you think about it, they, that's they've paid probably a lot of money to that uh, integrity commissioner to come in and do that report. Um, that, you know, that, that's literally, that's literally ta- the taxpaying dollars at work. People are going to want to. People are definitely going to want to read that report and uh, and get that on the public record. Yeah, I think the key is that they we want. I think people want to see this report come out before the election yeah, and yeah. have all the facts and facts straight before they pass judgment on Councillor Starr if he decides to run again. Um, I mean, on top of that, you know, like you know, count, former Councillor Raz's own legal defense team. You know, they're they're. I think they're throwing a legal action against Starr as well. And on top of that, you know, um, there's a candidate that. Full disclosure, I'm supporting. His name is Joe Hornick. He came within 200 votes of unseating Star in 2018 when none of this was uh, happening without any um, support from open support from Hazel McCallion at that time. Right. So that was a very rare thing that happened. Actually, in the Mississauga News, one of the columnists actually called Mr. Hornick the counselor in waiting. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, that, what jinxes candidacy, well, but that, um, stuff like that always, I always. Uh, to take like a grain of, grain of salt because that's that's the stuff that tends to yeah. kill campaigns before they start. I know. I I, I, I did want to. You did mention um, with uh, 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 Bob Delaney running for a regional uh, or not regional. Uh, sorry, Ward uh, Ward uh, Nine. Ward Nine. Um, I, I, this is a, a, a interesting tidbit I saw a few weeks after the the end of the provincial election for Peel School Board. Jill Promoli registered to run for trustee. In, in that case, and just because I, I, I like to stir the pot, thoughts on pol- failed politicians at one level running for office in a lower level. General thoughts. So regarding Jill, um, I'm going to have to be I'll do a, lot, a couple of full disclosures here tonight. I <laughs> volunteered on her campaign and um, she's a very passionate uh, candidate. Um, mm-hmm. That provincial run was the first time she ever ran. So she's not like a career politician from my sense of things. And so for her to go into running for school trustee, because when I talked to her, she had a lot of like thoughts about education. And I think this was, um, this would probably be a better fit in terms of like where she should direct her talents. Mm -hmm. Um, Regarding to your wider question, whether sort of like sort of politicians who failed one campaign running and then subsequently jumping into another role, I'm ambivalent about that. I don't really have that big a um, feeling towards that, but I, I'm very selective. I think unless it's like someone who's had a long career in politics and then you know and then decides, oh, they want to try again because it looks like there's an opportunity, like a right. Bob Delaney. Uh, I should also mention former MP for Mississauga Streetsville. Seems Mississauga Streetsville is um, getting a lot of attention. Brad Butt is seeking council seat in Ward 11, where George Carlson is retiring. Mm-hmm. He's a former conservative. MP. So there's a, there's a lot of this going on. But my thoughts are that if you are a bit more fresh, that you only just started running for the first time, didn't work out. And if you feel that you could probably have something still to contribute at another level of government, hey, 
it's a free country. I can't stop you from doing that. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to feel, well, certainly I, I think any candidate, I mean, someone like Joe Promoli, who's, who's new in the scene, and to an extent, I was surprised that having a run for the province, she would go down two levels, so to speak, to school trustee, that uh, I would have thought she'd be a good candidate for council, but maybe there just isn't the opening. You can only run if there's that there's a, if the timing is right, so to speak, opening up on the council. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like he, everybody's, got a right to a few kicks that can um it gets more complicated i guess with with i mean currently there's a you know there's a lot of people talking about andrew horvath running in house but i guess what you can say is like well if you've had a whole career in opposition um at one level the chance of actually being in government at another level i can understand the the temptation of that and someone like horvath clearly has ability um whether you know, it, it comes with all kinds of other considerations. I think. I think more more to the point is the kind of the people who just won't quit. Um, is the problem I see in municipal policy, um, um, which maybe brings us naturally to Milton. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's but, also uh, it's also an unfortunate. I don't know why I say unfortunate um, timing because we have provincial and municipal elections happening in the same year. So yeah, it's always yeah. going to be, you know, unless there is like a snap election that launches the province into an earlier campaign ahead of a municipal election, mm-hmm. this is always going to be the case. But yeah, you you wanted to mention Milton. Go on. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm partly poking fun at Gord Krantz, who, who, but I just Googled it to remind myself because I can never believe it when I see it. But who was first elected has basically been in office without interruption, I believe, since 1965, which was before any of us, including me, the old person in the room, <laughs> <laughs> five years before I was born, um, was a councillor and then has been mayor since, you know, decades. Since Milton was just some farm, farm buildings. Yeah. He's yeah, in his 42nd year as mayor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that's, I mean, I mean, I mean credit where it's due. I mean, that, that's, amazing however i'm not sure that it says a very good thing about um the the local democracy in milton if i'm completely no. honest but i mean i mean what, what do you well i it's ironic you bring up local democracy because at the uh, i think it was like the chamber of commerce uh, breakfast or whatever whether he made his announcement he was saying this is it's because of democracy that i'm putting my name forward well <laughs> it it i actually had word from certain people in milton that when that happened a lot of them were texting each other going WTF? What the F? Like, mm-hmm. seriously? Mm-hmm. Like, they were expecting Gord to, like, fold it in. I mean, this is a right. good year to, like, wrap up your career because you've left a legacy for Milton to become from the farming community that you grew up into, this one of the fastest growing municipalities in Canada. Um, and and I'm, I'm looking around the council table, and I do see that there are a lot of people around Milton Town Council that are that can step in as a potential mayor. I'm thinking of councillors like Sijan Hami, uh, Samir Ali, who was last seen losing the Milton provincial right. seat in the, for the Liberals, um, yep. Councillor Mike Cluett. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you want to even go outside the box, I would even think like the guy who owns Choice Diner, if you want to find somebody of a more populist bent who's against high tax. <laughs> but well, if, that's your, if that's your cup of tea. But I'm just saying, like, I'm sorry, like Gord Kranz, he's 85 years old this year. And I don't want to play the ageism card here, but like this town needs new ideas. There's like t- scores of people moving in from Hamilton, Mississauga, well, Toronto. Exactly. And they need, yeah, they need new leadership. They need somebody well, who could fight exactly, for the town. That's exactly that, that point is that you know, something that Roland, you and I have been talking about on this podcast since well, we started it has been the changing dynamic of the 905. 
as a place like we're, we're no longer the sleepy little bedroom community that people park the cars and hop on the go train and go into, into Toronto for their job. We're, we're, we're growing into vibrant communities and we're kind of at this crossroads of what direction do do the municipalities want to take in terms of development, in terms of growing and, and attracting people to settle there. And I'm just, you know, we, we need to start thinking, start really thinking outside the box. And I get the sense that that's not, it's something not happening in Milton. Cause if, if it's just like, well, I'm going to run because I can, that's not uh, yeah. a good enough reason in my opinion. And, I'm, and the one thing I, I have noticed so far, I mean, this is early, but I have noticed there's been a kind of a lack of real con- real contenders for the various mayoral ships, the 905 that I've seen. There's a couple that are that are the, you know the the I may, like I'm thinking in Vaughn, uh, Mauricio Belvlacqua is uh, is n- not going to be running again, so that there'll be a, a con- contested battle there. But that uh, you know there's no, nobody's like you said in, in Mississauga, nobody's stepping up to really say I'm going to take on Bonnie Crombie. I, I I want a debate on ideas. I want to put forward a vision of here's the thing milton kind of has the same problem or i'm sorry mississauga has kind of the same problem as milton sort of and bear with me for a moment but mississauga has expanded to the point where it, it can no longer expand it and the legacy that hazel mccallion has left to them is it's now just a collection of subdivisions and strip malls there's like there's no there's not really a a, a sense of mississaugan identity other than it's a place that you park your car and go into toronto and it needs to start changing they need to start having that debate on we need to change how we develop and build as a as, as a city same same argument that milton needs to have you need you need people with mayoral ambition to put forward ideas of this is how i want the city to look after four years after you know if you like me as mayor after four years this is what the city will look like and that, i don't see those debates happening really anywhere in the 905 and i'm going to say save for hamilton but that's a different uh, argument. Yeah, altogether. I mean, my, my, my feeling, and I, I think we should let Alan uh, yeah. respond in a moment to what you just said about his hometown. <laughs> but but first, I will uh, butt in as I do. Uh, when I see politicians getting reelected year after year, decade after decade, I don't see, I, I just think it's, it's absolutely emblematic of bad local where people aren't really paying attention. And I know that, you know, McCallion is much loved thing, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, the fact that she was just re-elected um, uncontested decade after decade, the same with Gord Krantz, means that you know things weren't questioned. The development of Mississauga wasn't properly questioned, and mistakes were made um, that, that are so regrettable. I mean, mistakes were made right across the 905 in terms of strip mall development and you know, low-density housing and all, all these other things. But we're starting to see in... Uh, in to a extent, we saw, you know, Basically, mayors never used to get beaten. They would resign. So if the mayor didn't resign, they just kept on getting reelected. And, and Hazel McCallion and Gord Krantz are kind of posted for that. But even in Burlington, I don't think before Cam Jackson actually lost an election, a, a mayor had lost an election a long time. They just went well, on to other things. Well, you had uh, Miriam Mead Ward beating Rick Goldring. Yeah, that, I mean, that came after uh, Cam. So the Cam oh, Jackson okay. yeah. was beaten by yeah, Rick Goldring. Before, before that, the and, mayor uh, just said, okay, I'm done. Yeah. See you later. Oh, and they uh, they walk I mean, off. Yeah, that that's uh, that's very emblematic of uh, all uh, across uh, yeah. the valleys across the GA. Uh, but just going back to Mississauga for a minute, the thing about Bonnie Crombie is that I don't think her vision is necessarily um, bad. Actually, it's 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 sort of almost like a transitional 
phase. Like she's talking about smart growth. She's talking about mm-hmm. more, more uh, massive mass transit or public transit, getting people to not use their cars. I mean, good luck with trying to push that on a population that depends on a car, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a very, um, I mean, I mean, I listened to her state of the city speech a few weeks ago, and it's, uh, it sounds ambitious. Like she can deliver it very ambitiously, but I would not mind seeing a different fi- vision, but I just don't know what that would be. Her, her, her last two elections, the most credible, and if I could call it that, opponent was the guy that ended up being sued by Mohammed Faki for, from Paramount Fine Foods because he was harassing right. him with like anti-Islamic slogans. This guy was just a nut job. Like he's just a and disgrace. It, and then he went out to Calgary or went out to yeah, He uh, went out to Alberta. Calgary tried to run for mayor yeah. there and yeah. did a bunch of racist stuff out there too. So like if that's your like if that's the most credible opposition you can find towards the sitting mayor, then yeah, Mississauga is uh, I I would not be surprised if like Bonnie Crombie um, I mean, God forbid, serves as long as Hazel McCallion. Good God. Uh, like, I don't, I mean, I find more interesting stuff going up, 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 up in Brampton right now because, like, you know, there's just like, you know, one drama after another. Well, Brampton go- definitely is drama, isn't it? Well, let's go to Brampton because, like, yeah, Patrick Brown is currently using his, uh, his posi- mighty position as mayor of Brampton to try and win the conservative leadership <laughs> race. Uh, and, and a lot of luck that's doing it. Like, what, what I, I, since I, I know that two people have cast their hats in the ring for the, the mayorship of Brampton. Um, here, I, but the question again is do you think Patrick Brown's not going to win the conservative leadership? Like, he's just not. Then the, I can't see the math working out for him. So, do you think he'll come back and run again for mayor of Brampton? That is the million dollar question because let's remind to your listeners the deadline to register for as a municipal candidate in Ontario is August 19th at 2 p.m. Right there. Like, like if you got in before 2 p.m., fine, but right at 2 p.m., nobody comes in afterwards. So, and the vote for the federal conservative leadership is at September 10th. So, unless Patrick Brown is gung ho all in for the conservative leadership, he's not coming back municipally, then we will see like what happens after August 19th. But I'm still watching August 19th because a lot of surprising things can happen right. on the last day to register municipally. You can just get in a flood of randos of nowhere right. that just come in and you like have to like look through and see who these people are and like look up them, look them up on LinkedIn and see what they did in their careers. Um, yeah, so that's a million dollar question and I, I, I'm not really sure. But just lately, uh, what's going on in Brampton is crazy because um, Charmaine Williams, who's the former Ward 7 and 8 counselor, she was elected as a PC MPP back in June 2nd. So, um, and this is uh, something that's been disputed by your friend Sam Graywall from The Pointer, but, um, it, but it's, you know, Patrick Brown and his um, block, if you would call them, have a different view is that are you allowed to preemptively find someone to appoint to a council seat should that counselor, while seeking office at another level, get elected? Uh, my understanding of the Municipal Act was only when the seat is officially declared vacant can council initiate the process to yeah. either appoint someone or to um, uh, 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 do a by-election. Right. Um, no, this obviously they're going to do an appointment, well, yeah. but like it should be done. Like she's she would have won the seat, but she has not been sworn in. Like there is a, a swearing in ceremony with Lieutenant Governor. Well, she I think she resigned just uh, this past week or so, okay. so she's officially vacant. But I'm talking about what happened before. They had a meeting where they preemptively um, appointed former Councilor Elaine Moore. That in the event that Charmaine Williams 
is elected, then Ms. Moore will take over as a placeholder until the uh, October election. Um, now, Charmaine Williams took part in that debate. I understand she voted for um, for this motion. So um, Sam Graywall over on the pointer said, I was just listening to his podcast. He said this was perfectly fine. Charmaine knows the ward better than anyone. So why shouldn't she have a voice in picking who should uh, succeed her as she leaves council? But I, but I guess for that, for that particular reason, yeah, maybe it's a really large gray area that wasn't even nobody's ever done it. So this is why it's so confusing. And now because of this, Patrick Brown and his supporters on council are literally boycotting the council meeting, thereby denying quorum. Basically, you can't have you can't put Ms. Moore into the seat unless there's a council meeting to vote on it. <laughs> and now because they're not having council meetings, they're just kind of stuck in this limbo. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it. It's, it's the usual procedure is someone wins an election and then you have the vote. Um, it's unusual to, to, to have, like you say, to preempt it is unusual. I mean, I mean in Hamilton, there, 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 are, there are currently a couple of vacant seats and they're not going to be filled. I mean, at this stage of the game, it's unusual to fill the seat. Because you're so close to the next election. My question is, why are you filling it? Why is it the energy? Isn't the municipal act state you have to fill the seat within like 60 days of it be declared vacant, no matter what what process you uh, have think, to fill it? Uh, I think I think when you get this close to, to an election, that yeah, the, mostly the, it's by appointment. I know. In, yeah, uh, I mean, you, I know you, in, you like, can appoint, we'll, or you can appoint, yeah. or you can have a by election. And obviously, yeah. at this point, they they will always appoint. Um, but um. Yeah, I mean, maybe they have to. Maybe I've got my, my facts wrong. Well, here, so okay, I, regardless I of what the rules are, the question is, why expel all this energy on this when, like, yeah, I mean, how much power is this council going to have between now and October? I mean, here, here's the thing, like, the most, I don't know of any, count, any uh, councils that are actively sitting or actively uh, pursuing agendas, really, at the moment, aside from kind of housekeeping duties, because most of those councillors are either, they're out you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, and they're they're starting to they're going to use the summer to hit the barbecue circuit in this in their cities as they well, normally do. Yeah, and, and, with and get Bram- that support in, with Brampton's case, I believe there are a couple a number of investigations within okay. council subcommittees going on pertaining to Patrick Brown's. Yeah, okay. uh, um, you know, I, I, I forgot. Spe- I for, sorry, possible I forgot about use those. of staff. Uh, along with uh, failed projects or alleged failed projects like the Brampton University that right. may have uh, funneled uh, financial uh, financial benefits to certain of uh, certain counselors' friends. I'm just saying these are allegations, but these are investigations that need to take place, and they can't take place if council's not meeting. So um, it, 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 it was very interesting because with Charmaine gone, um, council is basically deadlocked in a five to five. So Patrick Brown, and he has four counselors usually now backing him, uh, Rowena Santos, Paul Fidsante, uh, Harkirat Singh, and Michael Pileshi. And then there's the five other counselors that were that came out with a letter a few months ago stating that Patrick Brown is running Branton like an autocracy, like a dictatorship. <laughs> so that's incredibly colorful ac- accusations there. And now with council kind of just deadlocked, they 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 can't get anything done. They can't, they can't even meet together. Yeah, seemed, uh, half yeah, of them yeah, don't yeah. show up. So. It, it seemed that Brown was certainly um, well. Whenever people talk about dictatorship, it's, it's, it's always it's, hyperbole. It's, because, a, it's a hyperbole. It's like a no, rhetoric. It's like when people like, talk so. about elected dictatorships, it's like no, it's elected. It's not a dictatorship because you can elect them out again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
um, but he was he was doing things that were unusual at a municipal level. He's kind of behaving like a a provincial or federal politician. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, when you have Pierre Polyev, the the Conservative Party frontrunner, using the uh, local shenanigans in Brampton and putting it on his social media saying Patrick Brown can't be trusted. You know, this is more of a serious story than, than people are letting on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's certainly entertaining. I mean, I was pleased to see, and I know nothing about the candidates, but I was pleased to see at least that of the two people who had thrown their hats into the ring uh, to run in Brampton, that, that, you know, they're not all just white men, which is in a city where, white men are in a minority you know it, it it's kind of good to see because it's like seriously you know brampton is going to consider electing someone from a from a visible minority or something it seems crazy to me but um so i was kind of pleased to see that but as i said and nothing about the candidates um uh, whatsoever i mean do you, are you do you have any familiarity with the people who've actually put their names into the ring or brampton mayor yeah well all i know about a 23 year old kid named Cody Thatcher is um, he ran for a regional councilor four years ago. Um, he was very active for a while on Facebook, posting a lot of very, well, I would say incendiary memes, okay. um, uh, making accusations about uh, Brampton councilors uh, engaging in rather alleged unethical behavior. Like, I won't go deeper into it. They look very cartoonish in my in my opinion. So, so uh, I, I question yeah. too much ambition for his I mean, time. yeah, I like I know we like to promote youth in politics, but if like you have to develop a certain level of maturity mm-hmm. to like I mean this guy is I mean, for my understanding is that this Cody guy is a uh, electrician apprentice or he's uh, studying in the skilled trades background. So um, other than that, I don't know what else he brings to the table. I would be very interested in hearing what his platform ideas are. I mean, uh, other than that, um, I mean, the only other name that I can conceivably think of that would throw their hat in the ring should, let's just say, Patrick Brown decide not to run for Brampton, Brampton Mayor again is Councillor Martin Medeiros. He uh, he's like uh, he's been on council for eight years. He seems like a solidly uh, capable um, councillor. And um, yeah, I mean he um, I mean that's the only name I could think of right now. I mean, short of former Mayor Linda Jeffrey coming back, which I don't think is happening, then um, the slim pickings here because. Uh, because just before Patrick Brown went, went on his national excursion to try to win the conservative leadership, uh, Brampton City Council appointed Medeiros and Pat Fortini as the two official deputy mayor of the city. So Medeiros represents Brampton West, and then uh, Fortini will represent the east side of Brampton. So it's almost like the biblical splitting of the baby in half. They just, <laughs> sorry, that's a bad metaphor. But, but uh, Pat Fortini registered to run for re-election. So it's just in my mind thinking that Maybe if like Brown decides to not come back, then Martin Medeiros could possibly be a potential mayoral contender, and that's the only thing I've heard of so far in Brampton. But um, it, it maybe it's, it's maybe it's still still too early, and and, and I guess Brown it's still himself, it's still too early. I, yeah, I just want I, I see our our time is is coming up, and I just thought we should have we should of course we're in the nine hundred five. We should talk about the the last great big city in the nine hundred five, and that's Hamilton. Because we had big news uh, this this pe- recent week that uh, Mayor, well, soon to be former Mayor Fred Eisenberg, is not going to be running for re-election. He's he's declared that he will not be filing his paperwork for that. Um, so right now, right now, officially, there's only two candidates uh, listed for or three 
Okay, three merit. I know that we have a uh, 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 for the former. Uh, my brain is completely fried. Former moment. mayor yeah. Bob Bratina. Yep. Uh, former CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, Keenan Lewis. Yes. And uh, yeah, and then the third is a guy named Ejaz Butt. Um, yeah. okay. who I understand is an electrician or something like that. But I've seen his name on the municipal ballot before. Uh, Keenan Lewis seems like the guy that brings the most change i guess if that's what you're looking for well he's he's being touted as the change candidate that's his mm-hmm. kind of that's his shtick he's he's the guy who's going to come in and clean house and finally get stuff done uh in hamilton city council whether that will happen remains to be seen um but i th- I, th- I definitely think it'd be an interesting juxtaposition between bob Bertina, you know kind of literally uh the old politician the old school the old guard in hamilton versus a new a new face uh maybe the new modern face of hamilton politics well, i'm wondering if Bertina only just threw his own hat into the ring coincidental that eisenbergers should drop out fairly shortly after i mean i'm wondering you know this is the old guard the old guard is going let's not split the vote um eisenberger's term has not been a success red hill valley expressway scandal is still going on coots um, paradise uh coots paradise scandal that, you know, it, it's been bad, uh, and he's been at the head of a council that say it's dysfunction. It's, um, and not all of them, but 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 far too many of them are frankly a disgrace um, to, to to the name of council. Um, and and I think you know that was going to a bit like um, Rick Goldring in Burlington. You know, the, the kind of some some of the uh, behavior of some of his councillors kind of stuck to him um, after a while. Uh, and I think that was probably looking to happen in Hamilton and perhaps, oh, but these guys seem to work together, you know, the, the Yannis and the, and the Eisenbergers and the Bratinas um, seem to want to get themselves elected. Um, those, those have been the names of the last, in the last four terms, those, those three people have been the mayors. Like it's just kind of, it's been a kind of revolving door of those three gentlemen. Just in case any, any of our listeners haven't heard it. I mean, I mean, Bertina sort of launched his campaign with what seemed to me to be the most unintentionally hilarious quote, which was, we can't keep on doing the same thing in Hamilton and expecting uh, different results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You look at him in the mirror lately, <laughs> Bob? Like, he, come on, he was man. just going like, yeah, what he said. <laughs> Another thing is that I find like something is like in the water in the city of Hamilton's administration because they let Bob Bertina yeah, have a sewage. press conference. No, yeah, that. <laughs> but no, metaphorically speaking, they let yeah. Bob Bertina speak to the media inside, just outside the clerk's office and just basically have a mini press conference. When Keenan Loomis and Ward 14 candidate Kojo Dante registered right on May 2nd, the first day, City Hall immediately told him, get the hell out of this building. You need to get off city property. You need to go stand on the sidewalk where there are cars flying by and you could possibly get run over. That's the spot where they were told to go have your press conference. Like That is not right. And I, mean, I, I and I put they... and I will say this on on your pod. Oh, we did it on ours. Yeah, our no, entire episode. No, it, on. It was, like no, it was city. terrible. I mean, I, yeah. I think they, in their defense, I think they changed after the outcry when that happened. Yeah. I think they changed the rules, which then has helped Bertina, who's insider, to launch his campaign. <laughs> yeah. You know, virtually inside. Uh, so yeah, I mean, sometimes you can't win, I guess, as a staffer. But but I mean, it, it came out of them massively misplaying that. The whole, optics uh, just looked very very bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, it, do, and, you it know, does. Um, uh, but that's uh, been that's been Hamilton kind of politics. Is that like yeah. it's it's very insular, it's very uh, cliquey, and you know it's a it's a it's a 
political class that looks after its own. They are they're there and they're you know again they, they you you'd see on social media the old guard coming to defend their own. It doesn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter what the 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 scandal is or what the the criteria is. That old guard says you know hey you know we we can't have change. The 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 the, the counselors who are advocating for change the the Nurinder Nans and the Marine Wilsons and the John Paul Dancos who come out and say hey you know what we need to start thinking of doing things differently in this city and it's just you know they're 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 these radical elements they're 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 going to take the city down this path of destruction the 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 end is nigh if you elect them you need to go back you just need to give it back to us to protect you and it's like this this it's a tiresome argument i'm not sure people necessarily buy it anymore i really don't i think people are are a little bit more hesitant i feel like there's still a sprinkling of people and i i i'm totally basing this on just what i see in social media which is probably unhealthy there's a few people i tell people like laura babcock or joey coleman you guys don't know what you're talking about everything is fine the way it is and that's just the polite version of what i read well so i mean this football is such a weird thing i mean if if I was, if I compare Hamilton's election this time to Burlington's last time, it was like in, in Burlington by May, it was like, okay, this is going to be a change election. There's going to be, I mean, the, some councillors were retiring, uh, but it was like, you know, I felt very strongly that there was going to be a new mayor. Uh, it just seemed that the tide was going very strongly in that direction. And, and thus it turned out to be. Hamilton is so different that, I mean, the, the I mean, people like Joel and me, you know, I mean, uh, uh, and, and Laura Babcock and Joey Coleman. I mean, we're we are kind of the downtown elite in some ways, and that's where we kind of live, and that's where we kind of vote. I don't accept the elite um, uh, label whatsoever, but but I'll take the downtown bit. Once you get into kind of New Hamilton, you get up past the mountain and out into the suburbs, uh, where I'm willing to make a reasonable bet that people don't watch read Twitter half as much, and 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 we know that. You know, a tiny percent. I mean, if you look at how many people voted in the provincial election and then think, well, how many of them are actually going to vote in the municipal election? Geez, you're actually getting down into small numbers of people who, who A, vote at all, and then an even smaller number of people who actually pay close enough attention to know anything about their councillor or know anything about even, even the mayoral candidate. So I worry that although it seems that change is in the air, it's not gonna spread out into the burbs far enough. You know that 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 feeling isn't gonna isn't gonna catch enough of a wave outside the downtown wall to actually carry the day. I hope I'm wrong because I, I that that change needs to come. And and you know at the moment there are only three people running for mayor. It'd be nice if it stayed that way. Or you know if anybody else is gonna throw the hat into the ring, it should be someone of serious stature who who can kind of blow other candidates out of the water so we don't get into a vote splitting situation um you know certainly we saw last time with, um Lito Scro um right I think last time was really the lesser of two evils yeah, because Lito Scro was, was yeah. against the LRT in your in in Hamilton and which was even a which would have been an incredibly backward decision to it's make. I mean I mean I mean we, we've spoken about it a few times that you know again you know Joel and I have a background in liberal politics we're no longer associated with that at all completely independent we stress week after week however that's our background and the bizarre thing in Hamilton is that for you know really a decade or more the liberal grandees in Hamilton have campaigned against liberal party policy both provincially and federally uh, when it comes to LRT and other stuff uh, and and 
I don't know why they do that because their track record is appalling failure. It's, it's about every, power. It's, a, yeah, it's, I mean, not, I mean, it's not about it's not about policy. It's not about the the platform. It's about power. It's about but they've got bugger all power because they can never win an election. I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't <laughs> say it was competence. <laughs> yeah, no. it's about power. It's the it's the it's that small you know uh, um, Tammany Hall kind of politics of I control the city. I control which, you know, who gets elected where, and I get, I control who sits on the, on, it's just, I don't, I don't want the power. I don't care what's, what I do with it. I just want it. And I want to use it for my own personal gain. And that's where, and that's kind of been the, the status quo for a while. And it's not that people embrace it. It's just people get worn down by it. It's just like, well, that's just the way it is. That's just the status quo. What am I going to do? But I got to get on the bus because I got to get to work. I got to make my shift down, down, down at my job. And I get my hope is, as you said, uh, uh, Roland, that the the changes. No, we need to start, take kind of take charge and, and make that. Make, um, and and the, the, the federal and provincial liberal parties need to wake up and realize that the people who have been running their party in Hamilton for the last decade and a half longer, maybe, do not ascribe to the values that you don't. put forward to the they rest don't. of our I mean, they, they 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 literally yeah. I mean, Okay, whatever you say about you may love Kathleen Wynne, hater, whatever, doesn't matter. In our party system, everybody tends to go marching over the over the over the top for their leader, even in an election we're gonna get blown to What what really what really struck it. me as an yeah, example of this didn't. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry to interrupt. What really struck me as an example of this was when Jason Farr was nominated as the standard yep. bearer for Hamilton East Stony Creek, you had your uh, local Hamilton activist by the name of Deir- Deirdre Pike, yep. who yep. ran up for the Liberals under Kathleen Wynne and said, yep. I was a candidate for Kathleen Wynne. This guy does not represent our values. This guy yeah. literally wanted to throw like, the encampments in your downtown where the homeless people were staying and get them out of downtown. I don't know whether he wanted to throw them in jail or some other alternative. A very old school conservative yeah. style reaction to these homeless people shouldn't be allowed to do this, call in the police, get them out. And the police were called in and, yeah. you know, it was a nasty situation. Uh, yeah. It's funny he, because he, Jason yeah. Farr was the kind of poster child for that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he has no business running for a progressive party in his province. Um, and, and it was an utter disaster. He came in, what, third? Um, yes. Yeah, third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Inter- it's interesting about Jason Farr. Sorry, I just want to finish on this mm-hmm. point. Uh, it's interesting about Jason Farr because I think before Bob Bertina jumped in, I was hearing that he was going to run for mayor or maybe councillor in Ward Five because apparently yeah. his downtown ward is sort of leaning away from him. Uh, Cameron yeah. Court, Cameron Croch, uh, uh, Crutch, sorry, Crutch. Crutch. Yeah. he yeah. seems like a very strong progressive candidate. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Farr does run for re-election in Ward 5, where he was just running provincially. Well, Because that's well, where he lives well, now. And well, he's not dedicated to the core anymore, apparently. Well, that's, we shall wait and see. But yeah. I do see our, our time is coming up. So I'm, I'm going to, as we say on this podcast too often, we could probably go on for hours on this one. <laughs> But uh, thanks, Alan, uh, Alan Can, uh, for coming on to the podcast yet again and sharing your insight. It's been a blast, as always. And uh, no doubt we'll do this again, more, probably closer to the uh, municipal election uh, in the fall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, August 19th is the last day for candidates to register so we can finally have a, an official list of who actually is running. And we I definitely be uh, um, open to coming back on and talking about who's actually running this time. Yeah, Fantastic. that might be a good moment to uh, yeah. to update everybody and uh, yeah, see see uh, who's really uh, 
who comes out of the woodwork in the, in the, in the last few take off, but it's shaping up to be interesting. And certainly I think Hamilton and Brampton are going to be fun. And um, some of the other ones will be a bit sleepier, but um, who knows, who knows, maybe someone will throw their hat into the ring in Milton's uh, got some serious talent. I, and I, okay. there are people on that council who should, well, they need to run one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much, Alan. And uh, we'll talk with you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs> that's it for this episode of the 905er thank you for listening as always you can send us your feedback thoughts and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca we'd love to hear from you you can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through patreon as well as paypal visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab as well links are in the show notes for your convenience Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.